Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to If We Can Just Say. I am your host, Stephen Ogle, and with me, as always, is my lovely wife and co-host, Jessica Carter. Hi, everybody. Hey. Hey, y'all. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's been it's, a it's been a week, y'all. It's it's been a week. Uh, we've we've had uh, I don't know so I don't know if everybody has this uh, or uh, has this in relationships or understands this in relationships, but sometimes you have a little bit of a role reversal. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes one of you's up and the other one's down, and and a lot of times, uh, in our case, generally I'm the one who's down and she's the one who's up. Like that's just how our relationship works. A lot of times, where I'm generally the one who's who's feeling whatever it is i'm feeling it's mess messing around in my head and can't turn off and uh yeah. well that's not happening this week this week has been a role reversal and that's been quite a quite a different thing for for her anyways for me i'm 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 ready for it yeah but uh, for me it's quite a situation yeah i'm definitely usually the one that's always good and in control and on top of things and yeah. never struggling I mean, sometimes, of course, I'm human, but not for, like, a consistent yeah. time. And there's just some things going on right now that are a bit yeah. trying for me. And Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to move our order around just a little bit for this because we already yeah. started it. But we had a staycation this weekend, which is good. Yeah. And 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 it was in our calendar that way, but it, it worked out perfect because this is really what you needed this weekend it's funny because like i've been a bit stressed out and a bit just kind of all over the place and i was like all right we're gonna have a weekend it's gonna be so fun i'm just gonna be it's gonna be great and then you know you just you can't just flip a switch can you nope nope so that was interesting because i was like when i get off work friday it's just gonna be freewheeling jessica easy breezy good times everything's gonna be great and i'm like shoot I still don't feel great. <laughs> fun, fun loving Jess. If you guys know me, you know that's generally who I am. <laughs> when she said that to me, I, I mean, we were having a serious conversation, and she said, "You know, I just want to be fun loving Jess." And I, I could not help myself. I couldn't stop myself, and I started laughing. Which she did hysterically. Yeah, and then she started laughing a little bit as well, which helped. But I couldn't help it because like, this I, is rude right now. <laughs> You know, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a staycation weekend of not really much. We watched a couple shows here and there. Um, we'll have I think a, it's, you it's know. all about, you know, keeping in the vein with, you know, it's Mental Health Awareness Month and we had our interview last week, which I hope you guys enjoyed and just knowing what you need and taking care of yourself and doing the best you can, you know, I think is really all any of us can do but I'm very lucky to have a really good support system and um yep. in my husband in my family and I'm very grateful for that yeah you know so. and 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 I'm I'm very familiar with with how she feels I'm, I'm all too familiar with it I I don't talk about that a lot here on on this podcast but those that know me know that I I, I know a bit about that and uh so you know I just tell her you know you, you got to feel what you feel yeah. You, you can't stifle it. You got to let yourself feel what you feel in the moment. That's the best thing for you to do. Um, and then I and, think you have to be aware of how long you're letting that moment last and yep. if you can control that or not. 
and then what you need to do. Yeah. And and she asked me earlier this weekend, she asked me like how how have I how did I deal with this sort of thing all the time for so long? And the only word I could say was carefully. Yeah. You have to you have to use kid gloves with yourself sometimes. Yeah. You just have to. That's that's the only way to put it. You got to be kind to yourself because if you're not kind to yourself, like everything else is going to nothing else matters if you're not kind to yourself. And you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. Like when it rains it pours. Yes. So it's like when one thing happens in one aspect of your life, then there's something going on in the other aspect and the other aspect and you just feel like a domino like I a domino like because it's like nothing was happening and now everything's happening and it's like ah yeah and 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 the section that we could talk about that i think people could relate to is job stress yeah job stress is definitely one of the things um you know i i don't know why we hear i i saw a meme earlier this week that was like in Europe, they're like, I'm going to take three months off because I need a suntan this summer. <laughs> and in America, it's like, I'm going to use one of my three personal days to have open heart surgery. And it's so true. We're so yep. anchored and chained down by our jobs. And I have a good job. I have a good boss. I have a supportive boss who thinks I am great. And that is really nice and really helpful. But at the end of the day, I still feel a lot of pressure on me for the type of role that I have. And I don't always feel equipped for it. I don't feel equipped always to make the decisions I need to make and to do the things I need to do. And it's a struggle. And I think a lot of us probably feel that way that we have so much pressure on us. And I used to be able to turn it off when I got home. But this last week or so, I have not been able to turn it off. And I do not like that. So yeah. I don't really know how to do that. Like I've got one big thing going on and I'm hoping that once it finally gets going, I will feel better about it. But work stress is a real thing. And then there's the loomingness of you have to have it. Yeah. The majority of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, no matter how much they make because of the cost of living. Everyone basically middle class is living paycheck to paycheck for the most part. Because even if you have savings, it's never going to last as long as you think it does. And do you really want to have to use it all? You know, I was in that situation once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, especially in May, you don't want to be using it all. Yeah. I mean, I was in that situation when I got laid off and my ex and I broke up and I became homeless and had to go back to my parents' house like... Uh, luckily I was at my parents house so I didn't have rent but I paid for all the rest of it and it burned through all of my savings as I was trying to find a job and going back to school and you know you don't want to do that again when you've got like a mortgage it's just a spiral thing I didn't even yeah. know we were going to be talking about this um for the most part on the podcast today but I it's yeah. just one of those things where it all just kind of spirals i think that's why so many americans today are dealing with mental health things feeling so much pressure feeling so just out of control with their lives with the culture and the climate of our country right now and yeah. inflation and the cost of living and just it's just insane you know it it's it, 
you know, we were talking about it with Phil in our interview with, yeah. with self-isolation and social media and stuff yeah. like that. And that's a large proponent of why these things happen because, let's face it, we all get on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or something, and we see other people's lives, oh, yeah. and their lives look, I'm doing air quotes, yeah. look cool. But yeah. that's just the outward for what you want people yeah. to see. Nobody puts... Nobody puts up there the 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 picture of them when they you know wake up in the morning out, get to get out of bed and they feel like utter garbage. Yeah. Nobody posts that photo. Nobody posts the photo where they're you know um, you know not uh, not feeling their their best shape and haven't been in the gym in three months. Nobody posts that photo, but they'll post their photo of being in the gym. It's that sort of thing because. You can't talk about the stuff of which you're, ba- you're not feeling well, great about. Well, I think some, I think there are some people who are trying to post that stuff more. Yeah. But even so, the other stuff overshadows it oh, because the other sure. stuff is like the quote unquote ideal and yep. what you want to see yep. or what you want to be, and it's, it, it's just crazy. I I don't know how else to say it. It's just a very weird time to be alive i think with social media with the cost of living with everything like think about like if our parents i mean inflation alone i know you know what we make if we adjusted for like everything appropriately and has how it should be with what we with what the majority of middle class people are making now they should be above that they should be able to afford more and afford all their bills and not i don't know yeah we we both saw this week on instagram the uh the guy who plays rob on it's sunny in philadelphia oh that was so great yeah he he talked about his unrealistic body that he did for to move from one season to another and one season he put on like 40 pounds of of fat in order to be his character being overweight and everything and then the next season he's ripped yeah and he talked about how he's like well he's like you know it, it's it, easy it's it's real easy all you need is to you know know the uh the fitness trainer for magic mike and know the uh, nutritionist for this and oh do you have kids uh you know, don't worry you're not you're not gonna see them he's like do you have you a know? job quit it because you need to be devoted to this like yeah. yeah like uh food oh that you like no don't worry you're not gonna like food at alcohol? all alcohol no never yeah. again no alcohol no sweets like and he just goes through all this stuff and it's like i i, I watched that and i was like you know my cousin adam and and tara they both have trained for stuff but that's a certain amount of weeks yeah after those weeks are over like you know, it's cool if they have, you know, some Oreos or, or go get some ice cream or whatever or drink a beer. Like, it's not a big deal. But when they're training, that's that way. But that's not a lifestyle you can live all the time. Yeah, it's pretty impossible to maintain. Like, even even those fitness trainers that are on Instagram posting that stuff all the time, they can't live that way all the time. They have to have, I guess you would call it slip-ups. They got to have something where they're eating something sweet or doing something or drinking a beer or something. Maybe that... They got to have something that's not in their routine. Otherwise, I don't know how they, I don't know how they would exist. They'd just be a robot. And I think too, like you see the videos where like the woman's like, this is what my body really looks like resting or when I just ate or when I, Yeah. but I hate that stuff even more because I'm like, that doesn't really how you look. You look 
great and you look how you look and you can't make your tiny little petite body comparable to somebody who's struggling with their weight. It's just not possible. Yeah. But the overarching problem with the whole thing is seeking validation from social media is looking to social media to help with your mental health and your physical well-being and everything going on in your life and looking to posts and looking to things like that instead of looking to yourself and talking to the people around you and getting professional help if you need it. Like social media is not a way to validate your existence in any way, shape or form because it's a rabbit hole. There's, there's a way to see everything from any perspective. Yeah. And it just doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. So it's not good. I haven't been on social media much this weekend and I haven't really done much this weekend. I've just kind of been trying to get out of my head. Yeah. And I feel like right now I'm at the bottom of a mountain and I've got a, a bit of a, a bit of things happening and I just need to figure out how to get to the other side of the mountain. Some of the things are in my control, some of the things aren't. So. Yeah. And and the thing is is that it, what I can say for for those of you that might be listening that maybe you have a friend or a significant other that said what she just said. The best thing for you to do is always check, keep checking in on them and making sure, is there anything you can do? Yeah. Anything at all. You know, we were watching TV yesterday and I was like, do you want to keep watching TV? Do you want to play some cards, listen to some vinyl? Do you want to go for a walk? Like what, what do you want to do? You know, just checking in with her, making sure there isn't something else that she would rather be doing than what we were doing that could get her mind off of stuff. And uh, funnily enough, Hmm. we ended up watching a little bit of Lost, and she was like, no, this is helping. And I was like, yes. Yeah, that was actually four good episodes of Lost, y'all, if you can believe it. I can't. And I was like, oh, that was a good distraction. So, uh, but yeah, that's what I would encourage for those of you that know someone that, that says things like what Jess just said is to figure out, you know, talk with them and figure out if there's something you can do to help them get out of that funk. Yeah. Um, because I know that's what she did with me for a very long time. Um, and that's just what you have to do. You have to check in on that person. And I think that's part of something that's also lost in our society is letting people fall through the cracks. Yeah. And uh, I, I get it. We all get busy. We all have jobs. We all have bills. We all have, you know, people are too far away. But like, you got to call in and check in on people. Yeah. If you haven't heard from them, call in and check on them, you know. Um, I mean, this this week, I, I, I met with somebody that I haven't seen in almost a year. Yeah. I checked in with him, my, my friend Todd. And his life has gone through some crazy stuff in the last year. And I was just like, wow, no, I, I totally understand why I haven't heard from you. And that's like, wow, like a lot yeah. of stuff going on. Um, but... Uh, but, you know, it was good to catch up with him yeah. because, you know, I won't get into what, what has gone on in his well, life, no, obviously, of not. but That's he had some business. stuff, he had some serious stuff happen in his life. And I was just like, wow, man, like I had no idea. And in the grand scheme of life, like a year doesn't seem that long, but it's amazing what can happen and how time flies. Yeah. I just saw an Instagram post, um, last week that I was like five years ago, I had started grad school and I'm like. It's amazing because no matter what happens in life, time flies. So take the chance on something. Do something you're not sure about. Take the chance because that five years ago, I now, you know, have my master's degree and have had it for a couple of years now. And, yeah, you know, it's helping me. It's helping me move forward. 
So it's like, no matter, even with this thing at work, even with this big project, like it'll get done because it has to get done. It just has to. And I have to figure out how to calm my mind and body about it as it's getting done. But in a few months, I'm going to be on the other side of that mountain with everything that's going on. And hopefully I'll stay at the bottom or maybe there'll be another mountain that comes. I don't know, but I do know that I have a good support system and I have people who care about me and that makes all the difference. So I do encourage you to reach out to the people that you have. And if you really don't have anyone, I encourage you to, you know, call a crisis hotline or call call your insurance company to get a referral for a therapist or call a therapist like yeah talk to somebody yeah and uh i, I mean uh we interviewed phil o'dwyer yeah. last week and he is a therapist and works where just works so if you want to find a therapist there's two links right there <laughs> to find a therapist um so uh, one thing that I wanted to uh, mention about social media is that uh, we went on a different social media, well, you did, and called Rover. Oh, yes. And found us a new dog sitter. Well, you guys know I had talked about not getting responses. And like I had, yeah. and so we set it up for this girl to come and lo and behold, we're sitting there waiting for her and she does not come. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, what are we going to do? And, you know, I reached out to her and she had was in a class and she's like, oddly enough, she's in um, a psychology class. And I think they're doing like um, counseling and stuff as part of their their. And she said, I was in my class late and and somebody had an emergency and I'm so sorry. And can we reschedule? And, you know, I'm trying to be a lot more. um accepting and I'm trying to allow for people more especially as I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with and I'm needing like people to to give me that I need to be more aware of giving people that yeah and so we were like okay we rescheduled and she came the next day and Soph was great with her like I don't know if Sophie is just getting better at meeting new people overall and like sort of trusting the people that we're letting in our house and we're saying are are okay or if she just got a good vibe off this girl. Um, her name is Jessica, which is a good sign. <laughs> and it went really well. And this girl came in with like a notebook and was asking questions. And like, I thought that was really cool. Like we've had a couple of people come, but nobody's really nobody's asked taking questions notes. like that and taking notes. Yes. And, we, and we're doing, um, so we booked her and we're doing a second meet and greet um, in the beginning of June, a couple of weeks before the trip. So yeah. That went really well, and I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah, Soph seemed very excited about meeting her and had a lot of fun. Of course, Soph still jumps, which this girl was a master in the art of turning around. Yeah, great. Like that's what you're supposed to Soph do when you meet a, a new dog is turn around. Heck. So that you're supposed to turn around so they don't jump on you when you meet a new dog. It's like Soph is on a pogo stick sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. And she gets hot. Like I, I we've told you guys how she literally jumped up and licked Rebecca's forehead. Yeah. Steven's mom. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that's crazy. So uh, the last little thing on our on our new stuff was that uh, when I was when I met up with Todd, I went to uh, I'll, I'll just say it. I went to Arbor Brewing. And, you know, I suggested Arbor Brewing and I apologize because I'm the one that left Arbor Brewing last time. Yes. So I 
Arbor Brewing's food, great. Their beers, great. I love their strawberry blonde. It's great. It's not the problem is not their food or their or their beers. That is not the issue. The issue is is that when you walk in now and you scan a QR code for the menu, you then order. You have to order everything. Yeah. Off off of your phone, you're ordering everything. They don't bring you anything. No waitress comes to your table. No waiter comes to your table. You're ordering everything. And it's only one QR code on the table. So if you have two separate parties, like Todd and myself, then you have one bill. Yeah. And that was frustrating because I looked at Todd and I was like, well, Todd, I've only got $20 cash. What do you got in cash? And he was like, oh, I got a little bit more than that. And I, and was I like, said, why didn't anyone Venmo anybody? I didn't even think about Venmo at all because I was just thinking old school. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, well, I'll pay for it on my card and you give me cash for your side of the of the bill. Because it, because literally, like as I was putting my stuff in the cart and he was putting his stuff in the cart, I realized that like my two items, there was four items, and I was like, oh, so we're stuck on one tab. Like, so I... that was frustrating. And then literally, somebody brought us our food. No one, no one came by to ask if we needed another refill on a beer or anything. No, because it's up to you to just order it yourself. Because that's what's happening. You have to turn around and order everything yourself. And that's frustrating. So in downtown Plymouth, you've got Arbor Brewing and Bigalora Pizza, which are right next to each other. And and, la- and owned by Bigalora. And last summer, Stephen and I went to Arbor Brewing and they seated us and the QR codes on the table. And I'm like, I scanned it and I'm like, oh, I have to order from this. Look, I am I'm actually fine with the QR code. The QR code overall is fine. But if I'm going out somewhere, I want someone to come to the table and I want someone to take my drink order and then let me look at the menu and not feel like I have to order everything right away. I want someone to come check on my table. If not, why don't I just stay home? Like I don't understand. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Looking yeah. at the menu on a QR code is one thing, but to sit in a restaurant and have it be self-serve and then I have to tip. Like yeah. the tipping thing is getting out of control because I'm like, well, what am I tipping you for? You didn't even one person brought my food and then that was it. I never saw anybody again. Yeah. And like Steven said, like when we sat there, I said, I'm not staying here. I don't want to do this. And I got up and went over to Big Alora and they had a QR code, but they had someone that came to the table and took your drink order and and I understand if if you are short-staffed, I do get that. I'm not trying to be, like, mean about that. But at the same time, if you're not giving some kind of customer experience, I'd rather wait longer to have a human person take my order than not have any human interaction. Because what is the point then? Why don't I just stay home? Yeah. and uh, That's the worst one I've encountered. Most places have the QR code menu, which is fine, but someone still comes to take your order, still checks on you. How's your food? No one's even coming to check on you and say, oh, you know, how's your food? If Can I get you anything else? Because they never got you anything in the first place. You ordered it all yourself. Now, the tip thing for me, I, I tipped that night. And looking back, I should not have. And that's not an offense to um, the food or the beer. That's an offense to the fact there was no waiter or waitress. So who the hell am I tipping? That's my question. Like, that's what I don't understand. Yeah. So one person just comes and sets your food on the table, says enjoy and leaves and nobody ever comes back. It's, so who are a, you tipping? It's essentially carry out, but you're sitting in the restaurant. Exactly. And guess what? I don't know about anybody else who's listening, but I don't tip on carry out. 
because I'm not tipping for the fact that no. I ordered food and I walked up and got it from the counter and put it in my car and went home. I'm not tipping for that. Well, what you, in the words of my friend Todd, because we talked about this as well, what did you do? You put, I'm going to tip you for putting it in a box yeah. or a bag? No. And tipping is ridiculous anyway. We're like the only country. If you go to Europe, they don't tip. They pay their people a livable wage and you don't leave tips in Europe. Here, it's like this person has a job. They work for you, but you want us to supplement their income. You want us to pay more for our food because you can't take care of your employees. And yes, I always tip and I tip well because that is the standard. But at the same time, it's a bunch of bull. Like pay your employees more. And honestly, like, I don't see me going back to Arbor Brewing. Maybe if I can just sit at the bar and have a beer where someone's there to like, like if I sit at the bar and no one's taking my order, I'll probably lose it. Yeah, I don't know how it works at the bar because I have somebody work in the bar. So I I, I don't know. We didn't sit at the bar. Um, I'm interested to see how it is in Ann Arbor. Yeah, the original Arbor Brewing. Yeah, I'm interested to see if it's the same way. Yeah, I don't know. Or if they're just trying something out at Plymouth. Because if they're just trying something out at Plymouth, I got news for them. We're not going back. Well, we're not, but I guess people are because it's been like that for a long time. When you mentioned... But that place wasn't full. We were there on a Thursday night, granted, and they had their garage door open to where it was, you know, where outside air and all that kind of stuff. It was not full. Not at all. Not even close. There might have been, maybe at one point during the night, there might have been 20 people in there. There was nobody in the back. That place is usually packed, especially for nice weather, because they've got good seating. Yeah. But yeah, that's just, I I don't know. Like, what do you guys think about that? Because I I just feel like if I'm going to be doing all the work, it's like, I don't, I don't like to go to buffets just because eek, but... (laughs) So I don't want to go, I don't want to go to like Black Rock and cook my own steak on the table. I don't want to do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I If I'm going to like be in charge of all of my stuff, I'll just stay home. But yeah. you're right in terms of a carryout. It's the same thing. It's like they gave you the carryout at the table and left. Yep. So, and they never come. I had, At one point, somebody came by. I had probably two fingers, maybe three fingers left of my beer in my pint glass. And the guy went to grab my glass, and he said, are you done with this? And I was like, no. And that's literally the only interaction I got wow, from anybody. Wow, so they tried to take your beer that still had beer in it. Yeah. I was like, no. Like, it's not, I'm not. Uh, but I'm, no one's coming to ask you if you want another one. You need to log into the app and do another transaction. So then when you go home, you've got like three or four transactions from. You can start a tab, and mm-hmm. then I just closed the tab at the end of the night because I didn't know if I yeah. was going to order something else. Okay. But I got news for them. Had they come by, had the waitress come by and asked if I wanted another, I would have gotten another. But nobody ever came by to ask me, so I never got, because I never thought about it. I'm in conversation with Todd. Yeah, you guys were there for a long time, too, just to have one beer and a meal. That's the thing. Like, the waiter or waitress not coming by to ask, I don't think about it. So they're going to lose money from me just by not coming by to ask if I want another beer because I'm not even thinking about it. I'm in conversation and, and catching up with somebody, and then, and then the waiter or waitress comes by and kind of breaks that monotony to go, hey, do you want another beer? And then I look at Todd, do you want a beer? Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get another beer, and then go back to our conversation. Yeah. But that never happened, so they didn't get two beers out of us. They so got one. So do you have to add water to your order then, too, if you want a water because no one's bringing you water? Never got a water. Yeah. Never got a water. So I, I don't know. I don't yeah. I don't see me going back there. Yep. Anyway. So, um speaking of AA, next thing on our podcast is album anniversaries. Is it? Is it? No? Oh. Hey. 
<laughs> Speaking of complaints. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That was going to be my segue. All right. Do your segue. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of complaints. <laughs> <laughs> Part two on the writer strike. We did have a couple people say that we hadn't said anything more about it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of the people that I quoted from last week was uh, Mark Bernardin. Uh, he's a writer that uh, is on a podcast that I uh, that I follow uh, with him and Kevin Smith. I've mentioned that several times on this podcast before. Uh, but he he put up a post which um, we'll put the full details in, in our podcast. We'll screenshot it and put it up with our pictures on our on our social media. But I want to read a little excerpt from it because this is this is interesting to me. He said, uh, quoting, uh, "The more I think about it, the more I talk to folks. It seems like there are two grievances that apply across all guilds: the lack of transparency and its effects on residuals." and the emergent threat of AI. I don't think directors or actors are wargaming out what AI will do to them. Yeah. And he goes on to talk about how voiceover work is completely gone with AI. You're, they're not going to be hiring actors or actresses to come in and do a voiceover work for a commercial because they're just going to create yeah. an AI to do it and do it all for them. So that voiceover work is gone and he goes into more details about stuff about how uh james earl jones has has signed off to allow disney to uh create his voice for darth vader if it's needed for any other things in star wars because he's older and he's retired and you know and he doesn't know how much longer he'll be on this planet and all that kind of stuff and he wants you know them he signed off for them to be able to use his voice also his family gets the residuals and all that kind of stuff. That's part of the contract as well, which is kind of cool. But <clears throat> he goes into that a little bit. But I just find I find that interesting because that's that's one of the biggest grievances right now with the Writers Guild. And also during this time since we last talked about it, the Screen Actors Guild has started also striking with them as well. So now you have actors great. that are not going to set as well, they're going to strike with the writers. And I think that's cool. That's a good solidarity I read something, move. or you sent it to me, that so far the writer's strike has cost the executives. They have lost more money than the writers were even asking for. Yes. So if they had just, you know, actually had good talks with the writers and gave them the overall very small percentage they were asking for, they would have been better off than they are now. They've already lost more money than the writers are even asking for. So so for those of you listening, I, these numbers are in the millions. So think about this for a second. The strike is costing studios approximately $30 million a day in lost output. Meaning, in the first 15 days that they've been on strike, they've lost an estimated $450 million. Almost exactly the amount they were asking for in their contract three years ago. It's so insane. That is absolutely insane. They've already lost the money in 15 days. I just don't understand how, like, a executive who gets a bonus of what 30 million dollars for something can't see how that's ridiculous that they can get that as a singular person but they can't pay people what they're actually like owed for the work that they do yep 
And and uh, my favorite uh, my favorite picketing sign that I saw, Kevin Smith got on the picketing line with Mark Bernardin, and Kevin Smith put up this sign: "Without writers, Hollywood is Silent Bob." Oh, that's cool. And I thought there's nobody better to do say that than Silent Bob. Um, so, I, you know, this writer strike the the last writer strike that happened in 2007 lasted for a hundred days. How but, long has this one been going? This one has been going now. Uh, they're roughly around twenty days at this point. Okay, I knew it wasn't. This this is going to roll through the summer. It's going to roll through the summer, and it's going to start to affect things. I already saw something today that Jimmy Fallon's not paying his crew because the writers are on strike. Mm. I'm sorry if I'm on Jimmy Fallon's crew. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not coming to work. You're not paying me. I'm not coming to work. I'm gone. Bye. Well, yeah. Also during this time. Uh, Ken Jennings, the uh, the one of the people who's known for winning Jeopardy and now one of the hosts of Jeopardy, he crossed the picket line. And that pissed off a lot of people because he's somebody who's claimed to be a union man most of his life and he just totally went against everybody that he's ever worked with in his life as far as being a union person and, and crossed the picket line. And that made a lot of people mad. Yeah. Because that guy doesn't need the money. That dude's like the won the most money in Jeopardy history. It's like over four hundred million dollars. That dude's won in Jeopardy. He doesn't need the money. He's insanely rich with all the stuff that he's done. Not to mention with his hosting gig, all that kind of stuff. And his partner, we all know her from Blossom and and uh, Big Bang Theory. She's on the picket line. Yeah. And the two of them have been crossing back and forth being the host and she went you know what my friends over here need to be paid yeah and i'm gonna go stand with them and he went well i need to be paid and cross the picket line and that's just crazy to me like i mean everyone makes their choices but at the end of the day like it's just it doesn't make sense for the studios not to just they're not asking for anything extreme they're just asking for their fair share and you won't even give that to them and instead you just want to replace them with ai so it's like the i just i've talked about this before like the bottom is going to fall out what are these people going to do for work they're not going to be able to work they're not going to have jobs as they're trying to scramble to find something else to do and it's like at the end of the day if people are really struggling and people are really not having money to pay their bills, people are not going to keep Netflix. Nope. People are not going to keep HBO Max and Paramount and all of the all of these streaming services. They're not going to keep them because those are luxuries. We're going to get back to a part where having something like Netflix is an actual luxury. Yeah. And people aren't going to be able to do it. People aren't going to be able to afford to do all of this stuff. And it's like, and then what happens? So then who is make who is giving you all of this money? People aren't going to be able to afford to go to the movies, for heaven's sakes. Yeah. And, and I saw another thing from another writer that was like, when Netflix started, it was a haven. Yeah. It was a haven for writers to go to because they had freedom. Yeah. Netflix gave them freedom to write and create and not have a lot of... Uh, for lack of a better word, like a, a oversight or yeah. somebody standing over their shoulders. Less red tape. Yeah. And now Netflix has introduced an AI into the writer's room and doesn't allow the writers to go to set. Writers don't learn how to write things very well unless they can go to set and see how things are implemented. Because then if you write something, you write something for the flash, 
and then you go to set, you get to see what you put on paper, how hard it is to put on screen. Like, does it work or doesn't it work? Yeah. But if you're just stuck in a writer's room and you never get to get on set and see things and help things be edited. Yeah. Even from a dialogue perspective or whatever, or camera angle, like, well, this camera angle is not going to work for this or whatever. Like, if you don't get that interaction, you're not going to learn. Yeah. You're not going to learn how to write better. And that's what a lot of these writers are also striking about is the fact that, like, they're not allowed to go to set to see how things get done to become better writers. They're not allowed to do their full job, and then they're not allowed to, they're not getting paid. Exactly. Um, and, and Mark Bernardin, he wrote for, uh, I, I always forget the name of the show, but it's a show that was the Stephen King show. Um, Castle Rock. Castle Rock. He wrote for that. But the episode of which he was credited for being the writer for out of the writer's room, like that was his his episode to be in charge of, he was on set for yeah. at four in the morning, three in the morning, whenever they were filming, because they had to film in the dark and stuff like that. And he talked about it, how like it was cold. He's like, but it was a learning experience. I yeah. got to see, you know, what, what I put on paper come to life and how some of it couldn't come to life, you know? Yeah. So it's just one of those things like... They need that on-the-job training. Yeah. And companies like Netflix aren't really allowing that kind of stuff anymore. And that's part of why they're striking as well is because they want to learn and be better at their craft. Yep, for sure. So, but yeah, that's right. uh, that's our update on the writer's strike. It's going to keep going. Things are, uh, we're going to see more shows probably canceled that won't come back from this. Um, you know, there's been a, there's a, there's a page up. Uh, you can find it on the internet where of a list of all the shows that have been renewed and all that kind of stuff. And I guarantee you that'll change by the end of summer. Some shows won't come back at all. Probably. So, but <clears throat> that's, for, that's the writer's strike. That's what we got yeah. this week. That's um, entertainment in TV and writing. And now we'll segue into a different writing with Steven's little baby. Album anniversaries. Album anniversaries. All right. So uh, one I left out on purpose last week uh, that is today we're filming. It's recording. It's uh, Sunday. Uh, The 27th anniversary of Junior Brown's Semi-Crazy. If anyone out there knows Junior Brown and isn't Tay, let me know. Um, Shout out to my buddy Tay. I love Tay to death. Uh, when we first met, he introduced me to this album in particular, uh, Junior Brown's Semi Crazy. Um, I hung it up. Venom wearing denim. Joe the singing janitor. I mean, this guy's this guy makes some great songs. I don't even man. know what genre. Like it's country, but it's kind of like it's rockabilly a little folk bit. Folk rockabilly country. Yeah. 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 It's it's good. It's funny. It's d- definitely different. His lyrics are very clever. Yeah, very clever. Uh, she's just Venom wearing denim. She's a viper, not a dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're funny. Yep, good stuff. So uh, th- that's technically from last week, but I wanted to talk about it on the day of. Um, so we got quite a few this week, so we're going to try to roll, roll through these. Um, so all these are taking place from... Jess's favorite part. Uh, May 23rd to May 29th. So, uh, the all week, the week in which the podcasts like, yeah, yeah, from yeah. Tuesday to Tuesday. That's yep. the way I like to do it. So, uh, 23rd year anniversary from 2000, Eminem's The Marshall Mathers EP. Mm. We're talking is, about is that, Stan. Okay. Will the Slim Sh- Real Slim Shady please stand up? I always up? think of the MTV Music Awards when all the Slim Shadies came out. Like, man, that is. 
Oh my gosh. What a great album. I love that album a lot. It's probably it it's probably my favorite album of his next to the Eminem show. Um but yeah, that that album is is really really good. Which speaking of the Eminem show, uh also this week that is an anniversary as well from 2002, which that's uh um actually that's not let's back up for a second. Oh goodness. Oh yeah. Yeah, you you threw me off a little bit with something. Uh, the Marshall Mathers LP is staying the fan, but it's also the real Slim Shady. Mm-hmm. The Eminem show is the cleaning out my closet, um, uh, sing for the moment, uh, feel so empty without me. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, song uh, till I collapse uh, with the uh, uh, late great uh, Nate Dog singing the lyrics for mm-hmm. that. Um, Two great albums that came out Excellent. that are on anniversaries this week. Uh, two of his best, in my opinion, especially the Eminem show. The Eminem show is probably my favorite album, if it's front to back. I can put it on, start playing it, and just go right through it and start all over again. Um, wow, she's already given me the looks of like I'm taking too long. She does this to me every time. Oh, I didn't say anything. Uh, two country girls. Uh, one didn't do country prior to this album. She did pop music, Michelle Branch. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wreckers. Yeah. They put out their album, Stand Still, Look Pretty. I liked them. They only had one album, didn't they? They only had one album. If you get on Apple Music, I think there's a live album, mm-hmm. um, but I never saw a physical release for that. Um, but yeah, that came out in 2006. It's a great album. It's a I little like bit it. pop, but it's a lot of country, and I like it. It was a good spin for Michelle Branch, <clears throat> and I wish they had continued on with it. Like I wish they had done more stuff. It's a great album. Um, Brad Paisley. 2011 this is country music mm. um big brad paisley fan in this house there is no going wrong with brad paisley um i i asked my buddy tay i was like do you listen to much of the modern country music stuff and he literally was like if it's not brad paisley not much because brad paisley like, he's like a guitar player's country music artist yeah. um but uh he had alabama on this album and he had carrie underwood like Man, he, Clint Eastwood shows up on this album. He does mm-hmm. some does some vocal, uh, not singing, but he does a speaking part. Interesting. Yeah. Um, arguably their best album from 2004, Volume 3, the supplemental verse, Slipknot. Mm-hmm. Duality. You love Slipknot. Oh my gosh, I love Slipknot. And it took me, I, I didn't get into Slipknot, arguably, until like two years ago. I had listened to Duality and I always loved Duality. But I didn't get heavy into them until, like, I guess during the pandemic. Something happened, and I was just like, oh, this is what they sound like still? Okay. They're still heavy? Cool. You had a little I like time it. on your hands. You weren't making sourdough bread, so you did something else. Yeah. Um, they have two songs on that album, one called Welcome and one called The Nameless. Their drummer, who unfortunately passed away last year, was absolutely amazing. But this album is so good front to back. Like It's just such a good album. But um, yeah, that album coming in from 2004, so almost 20 years on that. That's crazy. Uh, one of my favorite bands that we talk about on this podcast because we saw them live, uh, Zayo, released uh, their second album, Where Blood and Fire Bring Rest. Um, that album is from 1998. It's hard to believe that that band has been around for so long and still making very heavy, very influential music in the in the heavy metal scene, which is yeah. pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> old. 
60th year anniversary, Bob Dylan, Free Will and Bob Dylan. He's had a lot on these anniversaries lately. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, I mean, Bob Dylan has put out so many albums. It's insane how many albums that man has put out. I didn't know some of this stuff until you started doing this little segment. Well, I had to I had to venture out because I couldn't just do my metal stuff, which I yeah. like to do. I had to grab some other yeah, stuff. Yeah, I said, but... can you do some stuff other people might know? <laughs> which I do now. I try to spread the love around. But uh, we're talking Free Will and Bob Dylan. So Free Will and Bob Dylan is an album of which um, has a girl from North Country um let's see don't think twice it's all right which might be one of my favorite bob dylan songs of all time um a hard rain's gonna fall like oh i know that great album man and that album has the uh has the album cover uh that they used uh for a movie called life itself they they mirrored their posters off of this off of this and then they used a bunch of bob dylan stuff on their soundtrack which was cool um, a band from 2003, which I consider them, at least their first album, to be a hangover from the 90s alternative, um, Leave a Whisper by Shine Down, which mm. is probably the only album of theirs that I've actually listened to in its entirety. I, I didn't yeah, I keep up with them after that, but they, I feel like they were a hangover. I think I saw them open for somebody. Yeah, I, I would like to see them. I think they'd be good live, but mm. I didn't keep up with all their new stuff, but that Leave a Whisper album is fantastic. Um, Brad Paisley, again, um, he had an album called Part Two, and it is his second album from 2001, um, and that's the album that has my favorite Brad Paisley song, of which you told me that if I heard it, I'd be hooked on Brad Paisley, which is I'm Gonna Miss Her, the fishing song. What a clever song that is. Like, his writing is so good. I highly recommend... I'm gonna miss her. It's a great song. Any others? Off of, that, off of that album? No, is that your last album for album anniversary? Uh, I have one last okay. one. Save the best for last. Okay. At least the best to us. Um, from 2020, Wild World by Kip Moore. Uh, yes. Okay. Nice. So, and that's I mean that's our artist is Kip Moore. That's that's what we bonded with I guess early on yeah. was our love for Kip Moore, and that's just the one way it'll always things. be. But yeah, Wild World, what a great album, man. That, that title track is great. Um, Janie Blue, I love the way Janie Blue starts off. It's the first song on the album. I just, the guitar part for it's very cool. Uh, but it, that album didn't take very long to grow on me. For you, it took a little bit longer, which there is a grow song. Grow on me. That's another song mm, yes, that I really liked was Grow on Me. Or Grow on You. Grow on You, yeah. So. Awesome. <clears throat> that's all of them. Well, that's a good segue. I was... I thought Brad Paisley would be your last one because I would segue us into uh, the big country music conversation for today. Steven has been very into country music lately. I've mentioned it before, but I am blown away at the country <laughs> music. Like he, speaking of like Miss, Miss, I'm going to miss her is like a song about fishing. Yeah. And there are so many country music musicians that have like clever little songs about fishing. Steven has created his own playlist of fishing songs. I got obsessed. A little yes. bit. I will admit to getting obsessed with the fishing songs. Um, yes, I have songs from Brad Paisley, Morgan Wallen, Luke Combs, and Jordan Davis. All in my fishing list. And so it's funny. cool. He has so many playlists. Some of them have like four songs on them, but still it's... 
it's got seven songs in there. That, but now I just keep, when I hear another fishing song, throwing it in there. I love it. So he's got tons of country artists he has just discovered. Um, he, Nobody that I've never heard of is going to be talked about today. I've listened to a lot of these people, but he has sort of surpassed me <laughs> in that as he does in his Stephen way. You know, uh, to, to bookend the podcast a little bit, we were talking about mental health at the beginning. And for me, sometime in January or February, uh, I started this process of really diving heavier into country music. Yeah. Especially the modern day artists diving into them. I've always been a fan of, you know, the the outlaws, the, the Waylon Jennings, uh, Cash and, and Merle yeah. Haggard and stuff like that. I've always been heavy on that stuff. I love that stuff, but I've been, I dove into the new stuff. Um, and it's, it, it, it helped me come out of a funk. That's, that's the best yeah. way to say it. it. It It's helped me come out of, out of a very long phase of being in a funk. Um, so, but I guess we're starting with Luke Combs. Yeah. Luke Combs is, he's awesome. Uh, he he's, is, he is where Brooks and Dunn left off. He's great. And he, I saw him on his first headlining tour in 2019 he played pine knob he told us that was the biggest crowd he had ever played (laughs) and now in 2023 he's doing stadium tours and he's still like humble and kind and when i saw him in 2019 he's he writes all his own songs and he gives you a little little story about him before he sang every one of them which was so cool and just so personal and I saw he's still doing that I've seen clips of tours in his stadium show and he's still talking about the background of songs and yeah he seems like somebody who is still himself even though he has become one of the biggest country stars out there I mean I I would I would dare I mean next to Morgan Wallen I don't know Morgan Wallen's not selling the way Luke Combs is though Concert venue wise, yeah. I mean, Morgan Wallen is also doing doing stadium tours, but I, I've looked at the difference between tickets available, and like, it's in they're they're about neck and neck. Yeah, those two guys are selling out like crazy. Um, well, Luke Combs just had a two part album come out, or his last two, it was kind of like a mirror. Yeah, image. One was called Growing Up, and one was called Getting Old. Yep, and man. I, it's just <laughs> he's clever. Yeah. He's clever writer. He is. Uh if you like nineties Brooks and Dunn, honky tonk country music, you're gonna like Luke Combs. Yeah. That's what his music is. It's honky tonk. Um and, and some of it's, you know, some of it sounds like it could be like, you know, singer songwriter sometimes. Yeah. Um, but he has he has some good stuff. Um he also has artists come on, like he had uh, Miranda Lambert. Him and yeah. him and her wrote a song together, so called "Outrunning Your Memory." And when I first heard it, I was like, "Oh, that's cool that she's on a song." And then I heard, or I read on his Instagram where he was like, "We wrote this song together. We had always wanted to do something together." And I was like, "That that's awesome! Like yeah. that's not just like, hey, I wrote a song. Do you want to be on it?" It's like she had input, help write lyrics and stuff, and I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, he talks about his dad. He's got a song on every album where he talks about his dad who passed away when he, when he was younger, um, before he, you know, got hugely famous and yeah. stuff. And I, it, those songs I always like cause the way he talks about his dad is really cool. Um, you know, it's, it, he's got one song where he talks about his dad coming in and he's like, you know, uh, you know, if, if you walked in the kitchen, I feel like we'd just sit down and have a beer 
and pull out a six string and then, you know, and, and catch up, Yeah. you know? And, uh, and I, I hear that kind of stuff and I'm like, minus the having a beer, that would be me and my dad. Yeah. You know, and I, th- I feel like that's cool. I feel like he had a similar relationship that I had with my dad as far as like bonding over music and stuff. And I think yeah. that's cool. Uh, yeah, so Luke Combs. Highly, we highly recommend all of his albums, really. Yeah, all of his albums are great. Um, he That dude doesn't write a bad song. And speaking of Outlaws, he does have a song called Can I Get an Outlaw, which yeah. is fantastic where he's talking about needing another uh, you know, Johnny Cash or another Merle Haggard to come in and, and take over country music and and <laughs> and get rid of the get rid of the glossy the glossy uh image of what Hollywood or what the media would think country music needs to look Pop like. Pop radio country. Yeah, we we need to get another outlaw in there. And I think that's cool. Because I feel like in a way he's kinda he's kinda taking it back to that, which is oh, cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of that, uh, we have Dirk Bentley, which we're going to go see. We're going to go see him June 2nd. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm excited for that. I, I, I really like his new album. I've always been a Dirk Bentley fan from when he first came out and he had his head full of curly hair back in the day. I loved Dirk Bentley. Um, his modern day drifter is like earlier album. And I really liked Long Trip Alone. I thought that was a really great album. I did start to filter away from him a little bit when he had songs like 5150 and like horrible <laughs> stuff like that. But I did come back into him. Um, his Riser album's pretty good. And I love his Mountain album. His Mountain album is what I've been listening to this weekend as well. Um, because I feel like I said, I feel like I'm at the bottom of a mountain and to hear his song, like it's only a mountain, like it'll, you'll, you'll get over it no matter what. Like, I like that album. That album is very like uplifting and very like relatable. Um, and then his newest album that Steven was talking about gravel and gold. I think he's really hitting his, his stride gravel and gold. I took some notes, uh, just to briefly hit, he bookends this album for you musicians out there. He bookends it playing in drop D it is I I don't have any other word to say for it other than it's just it's marvelous it okay. sounds like you walked into a saloon bar the very first uh, song I okay I get what you mean and I love it it yeah. is so cool like it and it's it, it's because he's playing in drop d it gives that kind of sound you're playing country music but you're playing in drop d and and for you non-musicians musicians basically you're taking the biggest string on the guitar the e string and you're tuning it down to a d and it gives you this i don't know it gives you an old school like a deeper tone mm-hmm. um but he does that with the first song and the last song so it's like you walked into a saloon bar you hear a whole thing, and then you you're walking out of the saloon bar, and it's still playing something. It's yeah. it's so cool, um, and I I like the fact that he talks about during the pandemic where he, his family got stuck in Colorado during the pandemic, and they were originally in Nashville, and during the pandemic they made a home, yeah, in Colorado, and how he's he's got a song. The chorus is, uh. My my home is in Tennessee, but the sun sets in Colorado. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a cool song where he's talking about that transition. Um, he also has Ashley McBride on the album. The yeah. two of them sound amazing together. Yeah, she's great. Um, 
but uh I think it's a good album. It's got a good sound all the way through. Like you said, it bookends. It flows really well. Yes. Uh, he does have a song on there called Walking Each Other Home. Yeah. And it has this vibe about life and death with uh, with being partners together um, and and walking through life together. And also this concept of having kids and raising them to help them help them in order to be able to help you out of the world as well. Yeah. You help them in and they help you out. It's it's a it's a good like songwriters type of song, but and also he Steven did discover an older album of his called Up on the Ridge. Yeah. That he does it's a bluegrass album. He's yep. got Punch Brothers on there that we've talked about before and yep. I would say take a listen to that. If you like bluegrass, it's such a different feel for him. And it's it's from like 2009, maybe? 2010. 2010. So it's yep. older. I had never heard of it, but that's a good album, too. Yeah. Different kind of sound. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him because, I, I mean, obviously he's going to play a lot of stuff off of the new album. But I really like the new album, so I'm hoping he plays a lot from yeah, it. Yeah, same I, here. I want to hear some old stuff, too. Especially, I'd love to hear stuff from Up on the Ridge and Long Trip Alone. Yeah. Um, but uh, man, I I, I want to hear some stuff off Gravel and Gold. It's yeah. a it's a good album. He's he is coming into his own, which I like. Um, Next up is someone I never thought Stephen would like. <laughs> very like it's very, it's very catchy. I I would say that he's radio country in a way that it all of his lyrics are catchy. Like it's all like play on words and like almost every song. And yep. he has also had all kinds of like media just shenanigans. And yeah, um, but he's super popular. And that is Morgan Wallen. I, I consider it to be country pop because yeah. a lot of times the drums sell sound like electronic drums and they don't sound like a real. You can tell you, as a musician, I can tell the difference between a real drum set and electronic drums done in the studio. Yeah. Um, and that's the difference between country and country pop. If it's got that kind of sound to it, it's it's country pop. Uh, but at the same time, he's got some clever songs. Yeah. I don't like everything of his. Um, but I do like his second album probably the most, which is called Dangerous. It's a double album. This guy, he doesn't write all of his own music, and I think that's the part that probably bugs me the most is because he's written probably out of the almost 100 songs that he's released, he's only written about a third of them. Mm-hmm. And for only having three albums and you're releasing a 36-song album or a 30-song two-album two like album like or double lp or whatever like that is too many songs that's probably my only complaint is that he's putting out 30 and 36 songs on these albums and that's just dude cut it in half give us 15 the ones you wrote yeah forget about writing other doing other people's stuff and i made a playlist of just the songs that he wrote so that I could differentiate between what his writing is and what somebody else's you writing would. is. Yeah, because I had to see. Yeah. And, uh, I, I mean, I would recommend the double album Dangerous, the song Sand in My Boots. That's a good one. Brilliant. I, I do like his first album or one of his earlier albums, If I Know Me, but it is super um, just 
catchy, con- stereotypical country, yep. but enjoyable. And sometimes I just like that. I yep. like to have that on and not have to think about it. Yep. Uh, he did. Um, he had a guy on there called Ben uh, Burgess, which I like him too. I I, I got to get his album and listen to his album because I, I listened to a little bit of it. Um, but they, he's on there on a song called Outlaw, uh, which was great. Um, but uh, he's got a song called Need a Boat, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. It's about fishing, yeah. and I love it. It's in my fishing playlist. Well, I can't sure it recommend is. it enough. It's such a great song. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, he's he's good. It's just I wish he would release only the stuff that he wrote, not yeah. other people's stuff. We got time for a couple more. We're we going to <clears throat> thankfully get a girl in here. Yes. Steven's been into Kelsey Ballerini. I will say I have heard some of her radio stuff, but I've never really listened to an album. Um, Steven has way more knowledge of her than me. The only thing I've fully listened to is a five-song EP she has called Rolling Up the Welcome Mat, which she did after her divorce. So it's kind of like the story of her divorce, and it is good. Yeah. It is totally singer-songwriter. It's funny because it's like, I guess from my perspective, these divorce albums are better because Casey Musgraves' Golden Hour is like her divorce album, and it's one of my favorite albums of all time. Then her next album, Starcrossed, was when she got like remarried, I think, and I think that album's awful. And then this Rolling Up the Welcome Man, I'm like, man, I don't know if maybe it's just there's some more like rawness in that kind of pain that they can channel and not to sound um cold-hearted about it but i guess maybe that just resonates more or you can feel it more sometimes yep yeah uh she man uh she's got country pop in there for sure yeah uh but she released an album right at the beginning of the pandemic called chelsea kelsey kelsey he always calls her chelsea dang it i like her name it's kelsey it's kelsey duh So she released an album called Kelsey, Kelsey at the beginning of the pandemic. Like literally the week the pandemic happened, that's when her album released. She had a tour set up and everything. Everything gets canceled, right? So this album, you know, still, you know, goes to radio and all that kind of stuff. People are still buying it, that sort of thing. It sells really well. But what she does over the next course of the six months that she's home alone, she starts writing. Mm-hmm the songs in a different way on the same album. And she released it about six months later called Bellarini. And it is the same album. Tracks are in the same order, but they're reimagined in a more, it's not pop at all. It's totally broke down to be in acoustic guitar, piano, like that sort of thing. What I've heard sounds really good. Absolutely amazing. That to me is the best thing that she's written. Because it feels like she's sitting in your living room. Yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. You get a better you get a better uh, gauge on her voice. You get a better gauge on her music ability. Um, I, and I don't know if you said this, but she writes all her own music, right? You said. everything. She does write all her own music, which I I appreciate an artist more when they write all their own music. That's just how I am. I can see that, and especially with you being a musician yourself. Yeah, I can definitely respect somebody more if they're doing their own music versus doing somebody else's. I can understand in the country music scene if your first album you have a couple of songs that are not songs you wrote, but... um, That's just how it works sometimes. That's how it works, but not with Kelsey Ballerini, not with Taylor Swift, not not with Kip Moore... 
uh, like those people, they wrote all the stuff on their albums. That's yeah. how it goes. And I, I respect them so much more for that. Um, she has, uh, she has a good sound overall. Like yeah. I even like her country pop stuff. I, I dig it. I like her voice. Uh, I like the way she writes. I'll be listening to everything she puts out coming forward. Um, like she's just really good at it. Uh, good songwriter. And then our last artist, uh, to close up this section is an artist that I got into literally this week. Well, two, they're a duo. They're brothers. Um, and they are called Brothers Osborne. I can't recommend this band enough. I thought I had sent you one of their songs a long time ago. I you thought did. it. Yeah, okay. You did. And it was it, it Ain't My Fault. Yeah. Which is an awesome song. Um, I, I knew as soon as I heard that, I, 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 I was familiar with it. Um, that, I like the guy's voice. It's It stands out. It's different. Yes. It's It's got like that old school country vibe to it. Yes, he sounds like an outlaw. Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah. Yep, he sounds like an outlaw. He looks like an outlaw. He's got the huge beard. He's got yeah. long, curly hair. Like, he looks like he belongs in the Waylon Jennings era of, of country music. Yeah. Um, And him and his brother, his brother does everything on the album musically. Everything. He plays every instrument. I don't think he does drums. I think they have somebody else come in and do drums. But he does everything with strings. He plays it all. And he does background vocals. Um, and these, these two guys are so good. It's, it's a little bit country. It's a little bit blues and a whole lot of jam. Yeah. Like they got some, they got a six minute track. A whole lot of jam, y'all. Whole lot of jam. They got a, a six minute track called Shoot Me Straight, which might be the best song I've heard all year. I love it. I cannot stop listening to it because it's just so I good. can attest to that. He has been on a Bl- Brothers Osborne streak. It is so good. And they show up on a Dirks Bentley album. I believe they show up on The Mountain. Do they show up on that? I believe so. Yeah. They're on a bunch of stuff. I think they're on a Marin Morris song. They are, they are yeah. Um, and their sound is so good. Like, I, I can't, I cannot get over how good their song is. Like, um, they have another one called Might As Well Be Me. And it just grooves, man. It just grooves. It's nice. It's good stuff. Um, so I'm really digging them. Cool. Nice. Well, I'm sure he'll find some more country artists. We'll have a country artist part two, I'm sure. Oh, I've already. I got. I got some we didn't even yeah, mention. Yeah, I know. Like it's insane how. Uh, like I deep dove. Like I, that's what I do when I get into like music and and artists yeah. and stuff. I start deep diving and like. All this art, all these artists we talked about, I have listened to every one of their albums in the yeah. last two months. Yep, he, all he of certainly them. does. He's better at chant, and like how you said, this country music helped you get out of a funk. You're better at channeling your funk or your struggling time into finding a different outlet because you have passions and and music and stuff. And I've talked about before how I don't really have like a passion for anything like. So I think for me, being in a little bit of a funk, I feel very lost because I don't know how to channel it. Yeah, I just I just dive into music. Yeah. Any t- anytime I'm in a funk, yeah. it's music that pulls me out of it or at least helps me uh, stay stagnant yeah. and, and not go further down. Well, like that's just, man, music is therapy. That's just the way, that's the way it is, man. Music is therapy. It's, it's one of the best things for you 
it also can in, it like it can influence you. Uh, so I mean, like if you're down and you're listening to down music, it can probably take you down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it can help. But man, yeah. It's a good outlet. Find your outlet. I'm working on it for myself. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, WordPress, all of that jazz. Um, take care of yourselves. Reach out if you need help. Talk to people. Um, listen to some of the music we recommended. Tell us what you think. Yeah. And I hope you all have a good week. Yep. I believe that's all we can say this week. Bye, y'all. Testing four seven three. Testing, testing. 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 <laughs> the pooch just turned her head like, what is going on with him over there? She's testing too. She is testing. She's ready. I think we're ready. Are you ready? Yeah. We're ready.